You are listening to the light of today with the powerful, life-changing Word of Christ that heals, delivers, transforms, and fills you with the Holy Spirit. Let God's truth burst forth into your heart. Stay tuned to the light of today with Chris Palmer. Things going to change after I preach something's going to change in your life. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17, the New Living says, Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, oh man, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in the God of my salva salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Let the, someone say amen. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. I want to talk this morning about working in the unfruitful places. Someone say unfruitful. Working in the unfruitful places. Second Peter 1 verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they'll make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me here, finally, to Psalm chapter 113. And while you're turning there, let me say that every single person that is here in thanksgiving, you account for the things that the Lord has blessed you with. You consider the things that you have been thankful for, and most people in particular, they say, well, you know, I'm thankful that God did this in my life in 2015. How many did a countdown every day? You're thankful for something. Amen. You know, I was trying to teach my nephew what he's thankful for. I want him to know what the meaning of Thanksgiving is. So Thanksgiving comes around. I was driving on Thanksgiving and I was going down what God did in my life in 2015. I was thankful for this and thankful for that. But I can tell you this. Every single one of you can look back on your life and say there's something that you didn't receive in 2015 that you thought you might. Amen. I know this is a faith church and we talk about the things that we've received. But I'm going to say today that faith is not always having what you have. Faith means laying claim to those things that you don't yet have. Hello, somebody. You think you have faith when everything is given to you. You'll discover true faith means when something has been denied to you, you still have that bulldog tenacity to hold on to that thing, even though it's been denied, even though that thing hasn't yet come, even though someone has promised you that thing. You have a promise from God. You wrote it down in your prayer journal, and you yet have not seen it come to pass. And during Thanksgiving, you're wondering, how come I didn't see it, God? Why didn't I see it this year? Or have 20 days left and the year's going to end. How come I didn't see it? And God wants you to know this morning those unfruitful places in your life will bud and will spring forth if you continue to persevere. Can I get an amen? Okay. Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere from the east to the west, praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. 
Who can be compared with the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? He stoops to look down on heaven and earth. He lifts the poor from the dust, the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, even the princes of his own people. He gives the childless woman a family and makes her a happy mother. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. Working with the unfruitful places. You know that God, the word of God tells you, in your life does not want to tolerate you having any lack in any area. You as a Christian, if you're taking notes this morning, I'm all fired up, so I'm just going to go as the Spirit leads. You say, well, he's loud and preachy. I'm fired. Listen, I got a, there's a fire in me this morning. Man, I, I, was pray, I was praying over here in early morning prayer this week, and I was saying, God, no longer are we going to be unfruitful. Everything that God wants to release in 2016 is going to be released in your life. Hello, somebody. You heard the word last week that God gave to us. Every, every area of your life that's been failing to produce, don't settle for it no more. Go after those things. So I want to make this statement this morning. You are a faith person, and God does not tolerate the unfruitful areas of your life. Don't you tolerate those areas. Write this down if you're taking notes. Unfruitfulness. What is it? Unfruitfulness is this. Not yielding what you ought to yield. It doesn't mean that you don't yield. It means that you're supposed to yield in that area. You're supposed to produce in that area. You're supposed to bring forth in that area. It's supposed to happen, and it doesn't happen. It's like a tree. You're waiting for it and waiting for it. It's like a firework, you know? The 4th of July, we used to go buy these big firework sets. They're like 150 bucks for them. You know what I'm talking about? The guy on the street sells them on the side of the road. You wonder if he have a, even has a license. You get up north, those people just make their own fireworks and sell them. Amen. Blow your head off with them. And you know, you get the firework, and you go put it down, and it's one of those big ones. It's massive. It looks like a time bomb. And you light the wick, and you go away from it. And the wick goes all the way down, and it goes... Y'all looking at me like you never lit a firework. You light the wick and, and it just falls over and starts spinning around. That's not what it's supposed to do because the firework is unfruitful. And do you know what you call a firework that doesn't produce? Some of you, I didn't ask you what your ex-boyfriend was. No, <laughs> you call it a dud. Listen, your life is not supposed to be a dud. You get saved, God puts power inside of your life. You get saved, God puts the Holy Spirit inside your life. He packs it down like gunpowder. Amen. God says, I'm going to fill him with power. I'm going to fill him with peace. I'm going to fill him with promise. Hello, someone. And then all of a sudden, you get into worship and start praising God. And you get into prayer and start going before God and get in your face. You do that, guess what will happen? Hello, someone. Your life's supposed to be powerful. It's supposed to produce light. You're not supposed to be a dud on the ground. Hallelujah to God. And so this year, you can expect your life not to be a dud. You say, yeah, but as a promise from God, I was believing that my family would get saved. It didn't happen. God's going to pick that firework back up, restuff it with gunpowder, and say, light it again. Y'all think I'm crazy. You haven't seen crazy yet. 
This is what it says in Colossians chapter 2.10. You are complete through your union with Christ. Who is the head of every ruler? Someone say, I'm complete. That means everything that you need to produce has been put inside of you. Everything, every promise that God has made for you has been given to you. You don't lack for nothing. It says in John 15.8, when you produce much fruit, you're my disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. Now let me say this. This is very important. Do not make the mistake in your life of settling for the unfruitful things because the majority of your life has been fruitful. Do not settle and say, well, that section of the field, it didn't produce. You know, it's just that one, it's just a little piece that didn't produce. But look at all the crops that I have. The Bible says that when Jesus has 99 sheep and he sees one lost, he goes for the one. Hello, someone. In your life, if 99% of your field has produced, 99% of those things that you wrote in your prayer journal have come to pass, don't say, well, I did this is the one thing I did, just one thing I didn't get. That one thing could be tied to your destiny. That one thing could be the biggest promise that God has for you. I'm here to tell you that 1% thing, God's going to bring it to pass in your life this year if you believe him. You say, how do you know that? Because he told me. Hello? You say, well, God talks to you. I'm in the pastor of this church. I would hope you have a pastor who God talks to. Well, God didn't tell you. Why is that God talking to me? Because you're not praying. Hello, somebody. Can I get an amen? Go with me quickly, 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 quickly. 2 Kings chapter 2. Oh, there's this pastor in Farmington Hills, and he said God talks to him. Well, we have the Holy Spirit here. He doesn't just talk to me. He talks to the ministry team. Amen. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 19. Hallelujah. You can always see someone who God's not talking to. They're always sad. Yeah, I go to church, you know. I go to church. No, no, no. I want you to hear the voice of God in your life. Because when God talks to you, you'll say, you know what? It's not so bad. I have a promise from God. The Lord spoke to me and he told me and I can have faith. Amen. Second Kings chapter 2. We're going to go back, way back into time. And we're going to see the story of Elisha. Elisha was a prophet and this, he had just received an anointing from his mentor, Elijah. And he didn't just receive an anointing, he received a double portion of that anointing. And the Bible said, now the men of the city came to Elisha because he had the anointing on him. This isn't just any city whom the men were coming from. These are men from the city of Jericho. Jericho wasn't just any city. Jericho was like Los Angeles when you're living in Israel. Because the city literally means that which the palm springs spring up from. That's what Jericho means. You're walking in this desert, you see nothing, you see a couple of just sand dunes everywhere, you see a couple of goats, a pasture, a sheepfold, and then all of a sudden you get up this hill and you see in the distance a mirage, an oasis, and there's palm trees, it looks like there's life. People traveling through the city would try to often get into Jericho because it was so nice and a refuge from the heat, and that's why they had to put a wall around it to keep people out. 
from the outside, it was the most nicest looking thing there was. And the men of the city said, we need to find a prophet. Let's go down to Elisha's house and let's see what he can do and help us with. So they go to Elisha's house, they knock on the door. It says the men came in and behold, they said to them, the situation of the city is pleasant. Someone say pleasant. That means from the outside, if you're going on a vacation, you need to come to Jericho. Because Jericho is nice, it's lovely, it's beautiful. It's like a lot of your lives and my lives. On the outside, everything looks wonderful. Drive a nice car, have a nice house, do nice vacations, go nice places, got a good business. Amen. And it says, he said to them, but there's a problem, Elisha. He said, what's the problem? I've been to Jericho. It's pretty nice. He said, the water is bad. Now, this is a problem. You know, if you go into a city and the water is bad, you're not drinking nothing. When I was in Brazil, you know what I brushed my teeth with? A bottle of water. I had the same bottle of water the whole week long. And I'd pour a little bit on my toothbrush every day and brush my teeth. Because guess what? I'm not waking up with problems. Amen? <laughs> when I'm taking a shower, I usually shower my everything and put a little in my mouth and spit it out. And just, you know, it's my, I just bolted my mouth shut when I was in the shower. One night I was tired after preaching. I, I, I'm not calling home saying, I need healing. Someone pray for me. Why did you drink the water, stupid? Hey, man, I, I, I've been through that, but I ain't going through that. You can get sick. And look what it says. Elijah said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they bring him a bowl. They said, this man needs salt. What does he need salt for? Then he went to the spring of water and threw salt in it and said, Thus says the Lord, I've healed the water. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. Let me tell you what was going on in Elisha's day. Here he was, a prophet in the nicest city. And the Bible says the water that was going in the city was producing miscarriage. There was people in the city of Jericho. Mothers were losing their babies because there was something in the water that was causing their baby not to produce. Mothers were barren with children. They couldn't have children because the water had something in it that was keeping life from being born. Hello, somebody. Not only that, but the ground was not giving up its crops. And not only that, but the cattle were dying prematurely before they could give birth. You have all this death going on in the city. Everywhere you look, death, baby after baby dying. Mothers, babies, prematurely born, dying. Cattle, dying. Trees, fruit, dying. Finally they said, what are we going to do about it? You have to get to a point in your life where you're tired of things not producing. Can I get an amen, somebody? You may have things good on the outside, but as long as you're satisfied with things being barren, you will never seek out God's anointing. Hello, somebody. You'll never go to the place of God in prayer. You know, many of the things in your life, I'm preaching strong this morning, many of the things in your life are not producing because you're not, you're still satisfied with them not producing. Can I get an amen, someone? God is saying, go find the prophet. Go to the Holy Spirit. Go seek the anointing of God because when you get around the anointing, those things that are not going to produce will produce. So the man said, what are we going to do? We have a, I don't know what we're going to, we tried everything. We tried the magicians. We tried everything. We need the anointing. 
That's what you have church for. That's what you have the presence of God. So they came to Elisha. They said, Elisha, what should we do about it? Now Elisha's anointed. He's been given authority from God. He's been given a complete anointing. Elisha says, I'll tell you what to do. Give me some salt. They looked at him and said, what has he got, some french fries? What does he need that salt for? Give me the salt. Salt represents the presence of God. The presence of God. Someone say the presence of God. You say, how does salt represent the presence of God? What is salt? It is a catalyst and an agent of change. It's an agent of purification. When you have something in your life that is not producing, it needs change. And the only thing that's going to change it is God's presence. Come on, look like a church that's alive this morning. Hello. So Elijah said, give me the salt. What are we going to do with the salt? Come with me over to the river. So they go with him over to the river. He takes the salt, throws it in. Nothing magical about the salt. They couldn't find enough salt in all of Jericho to fill one part of the river. Salt's not going to do nothing. It was symbolic that when I throw this in here, I'm doing more. I'm releasing a word of God that's over this. I'm going to release the word of God because I'm the prophet of God. Listen, you say, well, I don't have a prophet. Let me tell you this. I have told this church, seek God for what he's going to do in your life in 2016. Go before God, couples. Get on your knees. Get on your face before God. Humble yourselves and say, God, what do you have for my family in 2016? You say, well, God never tells me nothing because you'll seek him. Get before God. Turn the TV off. Turn off the American Idol. Turn off the basketball game, football game, whatever you watch on television. Turn it off and say, God, what do you have for this family? What, what are you saying? Get off YouTube. Stop watching the viral videos and say, God, what do you have for me and this family this year? And do you know what? God will start speaking to you. And I promise you, I promise you this. I promise you, watch. He'll start talking to you about things in your life that have failed to produce. He'll remind you and say, you know, I promised you a child, but you haven't had the child yet. I promised you a job, you haven't had the job yet. I promised you salvation in your family, but you haven't had it yet. This is the year I want it to produce. Find out what he says, God's timing. Maybe you God promised you something, but it's next year. Find out this year. And if God says, this is the year, don't say, well, God, what about me? Say, yes, be it so according to thy word. And when God gives you a word for your family, gives you a word for your life, you become your own prophet to yourself. You say, what do you mean? That means that you're now carrying something that's more lethal than a pistol. Something more lethal than a bomb. You're carrying what God said about your life. Hello, someone. You walk around, I got power, I got a word. I got a word from God. I got a word, I got a word. What are you saying when you got a word? I have an agent of change. I got, the, I got salt in my hand. I got something that when I find the dead in dry river that's producing death, I can go up to that thing and start speaking to it and release the presence of God upon it. Hello, somebody. You have God's power. You have God's agent of change in your life. You have God's power. So you're seeking God. 
after service, you go home, you get before God, God, I just pray, show me what you want for my life, show me what you want. Maybe not today he speaks, maybe not tomorrow he speaks, but one day between now and the end of the year, have your notebook ready because God is going to speak to you. He might wake you up in the middle of a dream. I have a notebook by my bed, and when God speaks, I have a red pen, I write it down, and I close it. And I put my hand on it. You're going to bring it to pass, God. And I open it back up and say, what are the things that should have come to pass by now? So when God gives you a word, you walk down to that dead, barren area of your life. You pull that word of God out. And the Bible said that when Elisha went down, he looked to the river and he said, no longer will you produce death. No longer will you cause miscarriages. Hello, someone. No longer will you cause it to happen. And he threw the salt in there, and when he threw the salt in there, the Bible said the river dried it up from its defects. When you speak God's word over the unfruitful areas of your life, you can guarantee they're going to come to pass. Hello, somebody? There's power when you speak. Your words, after God has given you a word, your words become an agent of change. When I speak the word and nothing ever happens. Maybe that's not the word God told you to speak. Maybe that's what you're speaking. People that seek God get words from God. People that don't seek God speak their own words. Hello? Go with me back to Habakkuk chapter 3. Well, you don't have to read it. I won't read it again. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 3, the fig tree is not producing. It says the cattle are dying. It says that the land is failing to produce the olives. The fruit is casting its stuff in before the time. What he is speaking of here is a serious economic political crisis. And Habakkuk says something that's extremely interesting. He says, though I'm in an economic crisis, see what was going on in that time is the Babylonians were releasing war upon the nation of Israel. They come in there, and God was using Babylon as an agent of judgment. And notice what Habakkuk doesn't say. Habakkuk says in verse number 19, that I'll praise God because he makes my feet like the feet of deer. The feet of deer is a way or metaphor talking about when you're in war, the type of feet you got to have. When you look at military, and you look at the army, when they're in war, they can't drag their feet. They tell you to always make sure your boots are ready for combat. What Habakkuk says is, even though everything is against me, even though nothing is producing, even though it looks like I, 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 it's just not a good situation, when I go before God and I start praising Him, when I start releasing the Word of God upon my life, what begins to happen to me is my feet suddenly get strong. Hello. My feet become like the feet of the person that's ready to war. Even though you have no money in your bank account right now. Even though you believe in God for a child and you can't have a child because the doctor says you're barren. Even though you just have no way to pay your bills. Even though you don't have a promotion. When you go before God, you say, God, it doesn't matter what the situation looks like. It doesn't matter what my bank account looks like. It doesn't matter what they say about my 
my body, I'm still going to praise you because you're good. You've given to me a word. God, I praise you. Even in this situation, you're releasing your faith. And when you start releasing your faith, something starts happening to your feet. They get strong. Strength comes into your life. Sorry, I'm preaching to you this morning. No, I'm not sorry. I'm preaching. You need to wake up. Amen. And all of a sudden, you get ready for combat. You say, I'm ready for 2016. Oh, 2015, you may just, oh, just barely got by. You know, walking down barely. Get along, street, like Brother Hagen used to say. You just walk, and all of a sudden, you decide this last month, I'm going to set it apart for praise. I'm going to set it apart for worship. I'm going to go before God. I'm going to get in my prayer closet. God, I praise you. It may not look good. You have all those numbers calling you. The collection agencies trying to track you down. But you start praising God and something gets in your life that causes faith to rise up. Hello, someone. Your Christian life isn't about always having what you need. It's about using your faith to go get it. Hallelujah to God. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is why we never give up. Someone say never give up. I like that. I see that going around social media. Never give up. It shows a frog inside of the mouth of a pelican. And the frog's just holding on to dear life, trying not to get swallowed. And it says never give up. That's the Christian life. Paul said, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are so small, they won't last very long. They produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we see. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see will be gone. But the things that we cannot see shall last forever. Someone say Heinz feet. Come on, get excited. Listen, I know a man of God. He said this one time. The word of God will not work for you until you get excited about it. Hello? Why is God not doing a miracle for me? Yeah, I go to church. Because when I start preaching the word, you say, Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Okay. The Lions score a touchdown. Yes! Oh, glory to God. Listen, I love the Lions. You remember, I called the Lions. The Lions beat the Packers. You remember, I called that. Kira? Amen. Think with me. And I, I, I want the Lions to win. I saw them on Thanksgiving Day. Killing, smashing the Eagles. The fans were going nuts. You know what I said to the person I was watching with? I don't know why they're so excited. They can't win nothing this year. They can't make the playoffs. They're not winning nothing. It was just for pride. And they got excited anyway. Listen, Jesus died on the cross for you. He shed his blood for you. He rose again for you. He gave you his word. It's a promise. When you start getting excited about your, word, your life and God's word, guess what starts happening? Dead things start coming to life. Unfruitful areas start becoming full of life and able to produce. All right. All right. So, write this down if you're taking notes. I got a few minutes. I got 10 minutes. Have expectation when you speak God's word because something is going to change. It says in Luke chapter 1 and verse 45. Luke chapter 1 and verse 45. This is what it says. You are blessed. You are blessed. Someone say blessed. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said he would do. Now I'm going to be starting a series on Thursday about Christmas. What you never knew about Christmas. All we hear sometimes is the manger and Jesus and the stable and the three wise men. We're going to have a really awesome study on Christmas. It's going to be powerful. It'll be relevant to your life. 
Think about this. Here's Mary, a virgin. The angel came to Mary and said, Mary, you're going to conceive a child. And Mary knows, I've never been with a man. I've only lived my life pure. And she looked at the angel and said, how is this so? I've never produced or had relations with a man. And the angel said, the power of the Most High God is going to overshadow you. And do you know what Mary said? What she didn't say was, well, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, I don't even know if I believe in that stuff. She said, be it according to me, according to thy word. The first time God speaks to you, your first question is wonderment. Your second question is doubt. Hello? When God says something to you, you can inquire the first time. Because you're curious, and it may be unbelievable to you. And that's fine. But the second time you ask, it becomes doubt. You have one chance to ask. God says, this is what I'm going to do in your life in 2016. You write it down. You say, God, how could this be so? I, I don't have the qualifications to have this job. The doctor says that my body can't produce child. And God says, I'll put my power upon you. I'll put my anointing upon you. At that point, you have a decision. Am I going to believe God or am I going to doubt? And when Mary says, Lord, be it according to me, according to thy word, the Bible says the angel departed. Where did the angel go? Where did the angel go? Go with me to Hebrews chapter 114. Hebrews 114. Glory to God. You have everything you need for those dead areas of your life to produce. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14. This is what it says. Therefore, angels are only servants. Someone say angels. Angels are only servants. They are spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. There are ways that God has given your life to be supernatural. The Christian life is a supernatural life. There's no way you could possibly do everything God tells you to do in your own strength. But one of the things that God will see to it, to use to help you produce in your life, is supernatural help. When you believe the word of God, when God tells you what he's going to do in your life, when God tells me what he's going to do in this church, in this ministry, I say, God, how can that be? There's nobody here. Our worship team is, we're trying to get it together. You know, we're trying new things. God, how can this be? How can this be? And God says, I'm not going to, you just got to believe me. Christianity, most of the time, is served 90% of the time by yourself when nobody is looking, when nobody cares, when nobody's paying attention. That's when your faith is getting strong. You think your faith is strong when you're in worship and everybody's around you and you're having a moment of emotion. That's not when your faith is strong. You think your faith is strong when you're on the, on the mountaintop. Your faith is strong is when God says, give up your job and serve me. Your faith is strong when God says, go out there and venture out and do something that no one's done. And you go and you're by yourself. You're all alone. You have no one to show you because no one's done it before. Oh, when a promise has been denied to you year after year after year, and the doctor has told you, no, 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 your faith is strongest when you get back up and say, but you said yes, God. 
Glory to God. I don't like your preaching this morning. I, I, you need to get a life in Jesus. Get alive. You cannot have power and be dead. You cannot see miracles and have no life inside of you spiritually. God's going to make it happen in your life this year. The Bible says that when you believe God, when Mary believed God, the angel said, I got to get busy. Angels have been given to you. They have been assigned to you. They're not God, but God has assigned. They don't sit at God's right hand. Angels, angels don't sit there. Not the angels I'm talking about. They're in this earth right now. <laughs> Making things happen. Or Robert said, miracles are always coming and going. <laughs> at all times. There's a miracle that's going to happen to you today. There's a, I, said there's a, I said there's a miracle. Why? Because there's help. There's supernatural help next to you. Expect a miracle. I said expect it. How can, I, how can I expect a miracle? You got angels. Angels. I said angels. Go before God. Say, God, I thank you. I got angels. You may not be the tallest, the strongest, the smartest, but you have an angel that will make you seem like what you're not. Finally, write this down if you're taking notes. This is what you have to do. Last thing. Persevere. Persevere until the doors of heaven are open to you. Let me read to you a quick scripture. I'm going to close with this. Jesus is talking about, he said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice for my adversary. And the judge for a while, well, he refused, but afterward he said to himself, I don't fear God, and though I don't fear man, but this widow, she keeps coming to me and bothering me. I'm going to give her justice. So that she'll not beat me down by her continual coming. The Lord says, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? The point of this story is that perseverance in prayer amidst the injustices of life is pleasing to God. You walk out these doors, you're going to face injustice. Life is not going to be fair to you. Life will try and take things from you. Life will chew you up and spit you out. People will do you wrong even when you give them your best. Promises will be stolen from you. But the Bible said that there was a woman who experienced the injustices of life and she went to an unrighteous judge. And it said that she kept coming to him and bothering him. Day after day. The word bother means give me a bruise. This is the irony of the story. Jesus was saying this woman came to him the first time, knocked and said, Judge, let me have it. Judge says, No. The next day she came, she knocked harder and said, Judge, I need this justice. He said, No. Third day, knocked even harder. Finally, I don't know how many days she went, but on the last day, she was knocking so hard and screaming so loud, the judge said, if I don't open this door, she's going to break it down and give me a black eye. It demonstrates perseverance in prayer is pleasing to God. You keep coming. You got to get to the point where you're breaking down the doors of heaven. You promise God. You're a God of justice. Grant it to me. Amen, somebody?
Let's stand to our feet this morning. Someone say, the promises of God. Someone say, speak the word. I have something for you this morning. I want you to pass one out, one for every family. Pass it around. I want you to take a, I want you to take a salt. I want you to take a salt as a reminder this morning. There's nothing special about this salt. This salt is, you can put it on your turkey. It's, it's nothing special about it. <laughs> but what the salt is going to be a reminder. Put it somewhere where you can see it. Let it be a reminder. One per family because I don't think we have, I don't know, maybe we have to go buy some salt and give it to you next week. May it be a reminder to you that every time you see that salt, to speak the word of God. Hello? You put that on your bedstand. Put that on your bedpost. So when you walk past it, put it, put it where you keep your keys before you walk out of the door in the morning. So you go take your keys, you see that salt, and you're reminded, I speak God's word. It'll come to pass. You say, dead thing, come to life. Angels, get busy in Jesus' name. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. Let's lift our hands to heaven right now. Let's close our eyes. Diane, come quickly. Come quickly. I got one minute for you. One minute. Give me one testimony about your healing. Yeah. Okay, one testimony. One minute, okay? okay. I want to, this is Diane. I told her I wanted to share a testimony. God did a healing in her life. What happened? Okay. Um, I had shoulder pain and for years, and Chris prayed for me, and the pain is gone, and it never came back. And I ended up having surgery. And I had rotator cuff surgery, and I need it in the other shoulder also. But he came to pray with me at the hospital before the surgery and asked for no pain. And I want you to know that there is no pain in this shoulder. If I didn't see the little holes there, I wouldn't think he had done anything. And, and the, can I tell about Pastor Reed real fast? Okay. Pastor Reed was here, and I came up, it was a week before surgery, to ask for prayer for my shoulders. And he started praying for my knee. <laughs> And there's no way he could have known that I have bone spurs under my kneecap also, and that's what was in pain. So it's gone. It's gone. I have no pain in my body. I'm a walking testimony that God can do the impossible. There's nothing he can't do. Amen. Praise God. Give God praise. Love you, Diane. And I know what a shoulder operation is like because I had one in 07, and boy, oh, boy. I was in so much pain, my parents came to see me, and I, I threw a wet rag at them and told them to get out of my room. <laughs> and they even brought me candy and balloons. My dad said, fine, we're going. So I know what it can be like. God's supernatural. Let's lift our hands and pray this morning. If you're here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. You've never given your life to Christ. You don't know if you died today, <clears throat> if you would go to heaven. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus. Heaven is real. Hell is real. People go there every day, whether or not they believe in Christ. If you're here this morning, you want to give your heart to Jesus with every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. I want you just to raise your hand and wave at me. If you're here this morning, you've never given your heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me pray a special blessing over you. I don't have a leading to lay hands on you this morning, but let me pray a special blessing. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release... I release, I release, I release. I want couples to take hands right now. Married couples, take hands. I release, pray in the Spirit. I release the promise of God to you in the name of Jesus. 
Whatever you've been believing for, I command those barren things in your life to give life. I command you to be fruitful. Sickness, go. Death, go. I pray the presence of God upon every home, upon every marriage, upon every couple. Father, I pray that everything that you have ordained would be fruitful in our lives, miraculously and supernaturally. Keep on believing, says the Lord, and watch me do the miraculous. There will be miracles in this place. There will be miracle finances. There will be miracle jobs. There will be miracle families. There will be miracle babies. There will be miracles that take place because you believe and you trust in me. There will be miracle salvations. There will be those you're believing for to be saved who will stand here and testify that I was saved because of the relationship relentlessness of my spouse. I was saved because of the relentless prayers of my friends. There will be babies that are dedicated here that the doctor says could not be so. There will be jobs that are given that nobody was qualified for. Father, I release it now. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you so much. Something's being released right now. I can. Something is being released. He shall pour up because I sense thankfulness like I have it. Let me say this quickly. You pray until your heart gets full of thanksgiving. You say, how do I know I have it by the Spirit? Because when you're praying, your heart gets full of thanksgiving like you have it. You pray until your heart is full of thanksgiving like you already have it. You gotta, I can't see it. You say, I can't see it. I can't see it. You pray until your heart gets filled with thanksgiving. Then you act. You pray, you pray, you pray. Monday you pray, Tuesday you pray, Wednesday you pray, Thursday you pray, Friday, Thanksgiving fills your heart. Then you act. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we're going to pick back up Thursday. God is doing something in your midst. Listen, God is, God is, we have to go because there's another service. We have to honor them. But now that you've heard the light of today, Connect with us. Go to our website, lightoftoday.org. Write us at P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or tweet Chris Palmer at twitter.com forward slash Chris Palmer. Our podcasts are free and updated regularly, so make sure to share them with a friend and tune in again to The Light of Today with Chris Palmer.